Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But they know that we can't go there. Uh, Putin is trying to bait the trap so that uh, we go in, and that's the beginning, could be the beginning of World War III. Putin totally irresponsible using weapons that are not allowed under the Geneva Convention. Putin, who uh, threatens use of chemical weapons, um, nuclear, and the rest. Stu does America. Well, it's time to talk a little bit about your kids. First, we're going to tell you about blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code is stew to save 10 bucks off your subscription. Peter Schweizer is coming up today on Hunter Biden. That's a big one. Uh, a crazy tornado video from Texas. And we start by doing educational freedom. First, I want to start with our friend Leah Thomas, because as you know, Leah Thomas, fantastic female swimmer, the best female swimmer, maybe the best female I don't know. I mean, that's what people are saying. She did win female woman girl of the year here on the Studios America program. And we celebrate her incredible uh, victory. Um, I love this headline. This is from about, I don't know, maybe a month ago. Uh, We're uncomfortable in our old locker room. Leah Thomas's UPenn teammate uh, tells how the trans swimmer doesn't always get to doesn't always cover up her male genitals when changing and their concerns go ignored by their coach. Her male genitals. That is the world we live in right now, where nothing makes any sense at all. And this, of course, hits your kids harder than anybody. I will say I've been very frustrated, and I've mentioned this a few separate times here on the program. It's important for me to point out Of course, when Democrats say something dumb, when Nancy Pelosi seems like she thought it was water and it was actually vodka. That's important for us to point out here on Studios America. But it's also important when we are missing massive opportunities as conservatives to further the values we supposedly hold. And that's where we we are today in a real in a really frustrating fashion, because there's two main arguments conservatives are making about schools right now. One, schools are insane. Look at Leah Thomas. Look at CRT. Look at all the crazy gender stuff going on. What are they teaching our kids? These schools suck. And then simultaneously, the main part of our argument seems to be, please open up the schools. Please allow our kids back in school. It's really important that kids get back in school. Wasn't it crazy that the kids weren't allowed in school? Well, first of all, of course, yes, it was crazy that the kids weren't allowed in school. We know COVID-19 did not affect children uh, the way that it affected elderly people or people with cancer or heart disease or whatever. We knew that from the beginning and it's something we talked about at the beginning. There was never a reason to close these schools. And the fact that that it continued for as long as it did is a tragedy. 
that has, you know, hit our country in a way that we're not going to really understand for a decade or more. We have an entire generation of kids who grew up in a two tiered society where one tier in a place like Texas or in a nice private school in New York City, were able to go back to school without masks and 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 learn the way that everybody else was learning. And then you had the other world where people were restricted. They were at home. They were on laptops. They were wearing masks on laptops half the time. We know the real problems that came from that. We played a video yesterday, and, and we'll, we'll make sure we post this on, on Twitter so people can see it, at Stu Does America, of Joe Biden, who was with a couple of like second and third graders talking about how they went to virtual school. They couldn't learn the same way. They couldn't hear. Sometimes the camera wouldn't work. They couldn't make friends. They couldn't understand anything. Sometimes the kids were asleep. Now, when I went to regular school, I slept often. But that is how you get to this point, and that's the point you want to avoid, right? You don't want to be like me. That's bad, boys and girls. You want to go a different direction, the smart direction, the accomplished direction. That's where you want to go. So, and at the end of it, just to just to top off the video, the kids all thank Joe Biden for being the one who really wanted schools open. So you can tell how big of an issue this is. This is how terrified the left is of education right now. We saw what happened with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. But and I like Glenn Youngkin and I liked his approach there and it worked well. But is it enough? Is it enough to say open up the schools? Is it enough to say, hey, Let's pass a rule that says you can't uh, teach CRT in schools. Is it enough to say, let's pass a bill like the one in Florida that says we shouldn't have these discussions with uh, kindergartners and first graders and second graders? Is that enough? Or should we be thinking totally differently here? This is a case I've made a few times on the show, but I think it's incredibly important. And it is perhaps the biggest opportunity that conservatives have had in a really long time to make an actual difference in this country. It's a massive opportunity, and as of right now, nobody is grabbing it on the right. It has to be the center of attention. Let me give you some headlines to back this up. We're gonna open up schools, you gotta open up schools. Which school, what, what's happening with these schools that you want opened up so badly? Transgender brainwashing uh, is going on. How public schools brainwash young kids with harmful transgender ideology. New report shatters media lie that CRT isn't taught in Virginia schools. Apparently it had been back in the day. Katanji Brown Jackson serves on the board of a school that promotes critical race theory. In fact, there was an interesting moment in the hearings today when uh, Ted Cruz, the senator, of course, from Texas, stood up and started showing uh, pages from a book, a book that if you happen to be a fan of the Stu Does America experience, you are very familiar with. It's called Anti-Racist Baby, and it's a book that we went through in its entirety uh, back in the day. It's written by uh, Ibram Kendi, and it's a book to teach babies, literal babies, that they are, in fact, really racist. He also had a book named it Eight and Nine-Year-Olds that was saying much of the same thing by Ibram Kendi. This is all stuff that was being taught, source material, at the school Katanji Brown Jackson served on the board of. She, of course, denied, I've never seen these books before in my life. Well, you know what? Number one, I think she's lying. But number two, if she's lying, that means she doesn't watch the show. And do you really want a Supreme Court justice that does not watch the show or at least listen to the podcast?
I mean, come on. Public school. Advocate says schools should be more woke. Ah, if critical race theory can creep into classrooms of Missouri, it's likely in yours. And it likely is. Parents outrage after school shows their first graders sex education videos about masturbation. First graders. Again, a lot of people uh, hated on Ron DeSantis for the Don't Say Gay bill, which is a terrible name and is not at all true, obviously. But there was a, another side to that argument where people said, you know, look, we agree, obviously, kindergartners, first and second graders should not be being taught this. But you're, you're just trying to win political points by bringing up this controversial issue and passing something. When no one's learning about that in first grade. Yeah, it's actually happening. It's actually happening. Maybe not in your school yet, but it is happening all over the country. And knocking out the low hanging fruit should be an easy job. Everybody, that should have been a, a bill that was supported by every Democrat in Florida. Instead, it's some bizarre cause celeb for people all around the country to try to vilify Ron DeSantis. It's absolutely incredible. California implements extreme new sex ed curriculum. New National Sex Ed Common Core for kids is more like hardcore, too deranged to describe in a headline. That's pretty deranged. New sex ed common core would force explicit images, gender mayhem, and abortion on kids. And I like this one because they just have a cartoon of peeled bananas. <laughs> Which, I mean, I... Speaking of low-hanging fruit. Um, Vermont High School's halftime show is a drag pageant. Well, of course it is. What else would they do with their halftime show other than that? DOE treats NYC's youngest students to virtual drag queen story hour. California Public School bypasses parents with transition closet for teens who want to cross-dress in class. Can you imagine your kid is battling something? And they uh, decide they want to be the other gender. And you say to them, look, when you're 18 years old, you're out of the house, you're going to be able to do what you want. But while you're here and you're going to school, you're going to dress like your actual gender. And you can try to figure out the things you're dealing with later on in life. We love you. We support you. But you're going to have that's not the way this is going to happen. And you talk your kid into it and they go along with the with the whole plan and they walk into school and then their teacher undermines you with a closet of women's clothes to dress your little boy in. Can you imagine how angry you would be as a parent? And this is the sort of stuff, by the way, that got Glenn, uh, Glenn Youngkin elected and is a big part of the reason why Republicans are so heavily favored in the election coming up in you know a few months. The reason is that attitude of the teachers know best and parents should not be involved in their kids' education is not some side view of progressives. It's central, it's foundational. What Terry McAuliffe blurted out on stage was just him admitting what every progressive believes. Every progressive believes this stuff. They don't want parents involved. When we talk about an average Democrat, uh, a Democrat who you know, maybe likes uh, a few more social programs and maybe wants the minimum wage to be a little bit higher, but then looks at, uh, at this stuff and is like, oh, that's crazy. That can't possibly be what my leadership believes. They do. That is who they are. Over and over again, it's proved, but it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, I think, even for conservatives, let alone people who might have voted for some of these people.
It's hard to wake them up, but the Democrats have moved so far to the left that they're slapping everybody across the face. Wake up, wake up, wake up. This is what we're doing. And I think even people on the, on the left and in the center are starting to wake up and understand it. How about this? California mom says state pushed teen daughter into transgender treatments, leading her to commit suicide. These are not just little side stories with silly little banana cartoon headlines. Sometimes this ends up in a loss of life. This ends up in people's lives being destroyed, their childhood being destroyed. And we are sitting here as conservatives saying we think that's bad. And that's the right argument. We think that is bad. That should not be what our schools are doing. And then we're saying, but open up those doors and get all of our kids back in there instead of making a stand on moving kids out of these schools. Yes, you can pass a law that will, around the fringes, improve a public school by a couple of percent. Yes, you can get the worst teacher in school, maybe removed, maybe suspended. Yes, you can do things around the fringes, and you know what, if you're in a blue state right now, you should be working to do those things, that's really important. But what is your excuse if you're in a red state? If you're a Republican in a red state, if you're a Republican running for office coming up in 2022, how can something like school vouchers, hopefully you can come up with a better name than school vouchers, because that name is so incredibly boring, people's eyes glaze over the second you say it. But how can we possibly not be putting this as central? Get kids out of these schools. Encourage parents to homeschool. Encourage parents to put their kids in private schools. Schools that actually work. Schools that are not insane. Schools that actually do something positive for the kids. And that means something positive for the future of this country. How can that not be central right now? I wanna give you a, a, a little vision of someone who is actually doing this. And you know what? He doesn't have an R next to his name. He has a D next to his name. His name is Justin Wayne. He's a Democrat from Nebraska. Look at him express this issue and put it and frame it in a way that every single parent can understand. The only people who are opposing school choice today are the same people who have choice. Mm -hmm. And many of them exercise that choice. This has been a very growing pain for me as I was against this bill my freshman year and the last three, four years struggled where I was going to be on it. But my community can't wait anymore. So here's my offer to all of the people here who have kids. Here's my offer. I will vote to kill this bill if you send your kids to one of the kids' schools in my district that were waiting to turn around. If you do that, Senator Day, Senator Kavanaugh, John Kavanaugh, I know Michaela will, everybody get on the mic and let's make that promise, let's transfer the kids. So as we spend six, seven years in elementary school changing a school, your kid be a part of that change. And when they fall behind, when they don't have the resources, allegedly, when they're dealing with suspensions and things like that, then we can all go through it together. This is incredibly unfair to the parents of kids in these schools. And you might even have a highly rated school. Your school might look good on paper, but so much of this is still happening inside of it. And yet 
you're stuck, like so many people are, paying taxes in a community to schools that suck, that suck the life out of your kids. And you're not able to maybe pay for a private school. You might not be able to to figure out a way to make this happen, to homeschool or whatever your choice might be. And yet you're stuck paying taxes into the system that's failing them. Look, the truth is that conservatives have been handed a once in a lifetime opportunity to improve the lives of millions of children. And that opportunity has come at an incomprehensible cost. Not only the loss of life and freedoms that the whole world has suffered through over the past couple of years, but also millions of childhoods that have been destroyed. We've sat here and watched as kids in blue states have fallen behind in learning, socialization, speech, and so much more. And we have seen when these kids finally did get back into school that they were being taught that men were women, that skin color was the most important thing about them, and that they should look at their fellow students as potential vectors of disease rather than friends. But all of this cost has proved the point as clear as day. Yeah, of course, opening public schools was the right thing to do when it comes to a decision based on COVID. Yeah, we we know. But what did that do? It put our kids back in the same place, learning the same crap they were learning before. Our argument cannot be, please take our kids back so that you can fill their heads with all the stuff we've been complaining about for the past five years. That makes no sense. So where are the Republican leaders making this the issue of our day? I understand that Joe Biden is going to block it. So what? Make him veto it over and over and over again. At the very least, there shouldn't be one red state in the country that does not have school vouchers. And if there are places where we can get this passed, then we got to get it passed. If there are places where we can't get this passed, We should be focusing on growing charities that give scholarships to students to go to private schools. I'm not talking about universities here. I'm talking about K through 12, because once they're in college, it may already be too late, as we've seen lately at the pool. You will never have a better opportunity to change the educational system than right this second. And we're talking about opening up the old crappy schools all the time. It's insanity. Get on offense. Get more kids into private schools or homeschooling. And do it now while people remember what the last two years were like. Otherwise, we're all going to be stuck trying to explain why Leah Thomas won't properly cover her male genitals in the women's locker room. Well, the three-week rule might be the best financial advice ever. What is a three-week rule? Well, you wait three weeks to uh, buy the new car. Wait three weeks to refi your home mortgage. Wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Why would you wait three weeks? Well, that's how fast the average ScoreMaster user takes to boost his or her credit score an average of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to a credit score can save you tens of thousands of ev- on everything that you finance. I mean, it's a lot of money. ScoreMaster technology was developed by credit data scientists 
to boost your credit score higher and faster than you ever thought possible. Scoremaster is so easy, it takes only about a minute to get started, and you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. Try Scoremaster for free right now. See how many plus points you can add to your credit score. Go to scoremaster.com slash stew. It's scoremaster.com slash stew. These are your points. Your credit score should be higher than it is right now. Go to Scoremaster for help. Scoremaster.com slash stew. There's no evidence that Hunter Biden has done anything wrong. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing between uh, uh, by Biden, by Joe Biden or by Hunter Biden. There's no evidence that Joe Biden actually did anything wrong or did anything to sway things in Hunter Biden's favor. He's denied that his son ever lobbied him for anything. There is nothing Hunter. There is nothing wrong that Vice President Biden did. President Trump has falsely accused your son of doing something wrong while serving on a company board in Ukraine. I want to point out there's no evidence of wrongdoing by either one of you. There is no evidence that anybody did anything illegal uh, regarding the Bidens uh, and, and Ukraine, and, and Joe Biden was carrying out U.S. policy. President Trump wanted dirt on Joe and Hunter Biden. Trump's claims about wrongdoing here are unsubstantiated. We have looked. Lots of out- outlets have looked. Hunter Biden did nothing wrong. Vice President Biden uh, did nothing wrong. Okay. Every single... Okay, media- I can't. I want to point out, we didn't even play half of that montage. (laughs) Amazing. I want to welcome Peter Schweizer back on the program. He is the president of the Government Accountability Institute and author of Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win, which you can pick up right now. It's a must, must read. Uh, Peter, how's it going? It's great to be with you, Stu, as always. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate you coming on, and I hope you can answer for your book, because as we just heard, (laughs) Neither Hunter Biden or Joe Biden did anything wrong, and there is no evidence to show that they did anything wrong. Peter, you've you've written books about this. This is not even your first book about the the crimes that and and corruption that have been involved in the Biden family. What do you what do you how do you react when you see a montage like that? Well, it just shows the absolute failure of the institution of the media that uh, we had relied on so much in the past. I mean. They all declared that there was nothing wrong that had happened. None of them lifted a finger to do anything to report on the story. Uh, When we got, for example, the Hunter Biden laptop, we didn't accept it as truthful. We actually took the laptop, compared it to information we knew was true. For example, the Secret Service had released some of Hunter Biden's travel records, and we compared those travel records with the laptop, and they they matched perfectly. Um, And so there's no way that this could have been made up. But the media wasn't interested in this story. uh, And that's part of the problem. They selectively pick and choose which stories on the powerful that they want to do. They all seem to skew one way. And now you have The New York Times, you know, admitting in a backhanded way in paragraph 17 of an article that, oh, okay, yes, the laptop is actually accurate. The laptop is absolutely devastating from a legal and a political standpoint on the Biden family. The question is now, are any of them going to lift a finger and actually report on this story? Mm, And I I fear that they will not, uh, though it's, I think, a pretty interesting development that they at least mentioned that it was legitimate. This is something they have stayed away from. And as you know, the montage was just CNN hosts, but uh, this was all over the media saying there was no evidence. This was not true over and over and over again for a period of years. And all of a sudden it's just it's kind of spilled out in an article that, OK, yeah, this the, the laptop was legit. Real real emails were on it. What does this mean? Why are they all of a sudden making this uh, declaration? 
Well, I think this is really interesting, Stu. If you read that New York Times piece where on paragraph 17 they admit their laptop is real, uh, it's clear that they got a lot of help from Team Biden in the story. This concerns a grand jury that was convened in 2018 to look into allegations of tax evasion and money laundering involving Hunter Biden. Uh, the fact that they, Team Biden, decided to actually cooperate with the New York Times on a story is a direct indication to me that they are extremely concerned that Hunter Biden is, in fact, going to be indicted. They even dropped a couple nuggets in there that said, yes, Hunter Biden failed to pay his taxes. He he recently paid a mil, made a million dollar payment to the IRS. Uh, and juries and judges tend to, even if people are convicted of money laundering, sorry, of tax evasion, uh, they tend not to give them long prison sentences if they paid their taxes. This is all about management control. The problem is, Stu, that the laptop does not just point the finger at Hunter Biden. It points the finger at Joe Biden. Because as he's taking in all this money where he's not paying taxes, one of the beneficiaries of the money is Joe Biden. The laptop shows that Hunter Biden's paying his monthly bills. He's doing things like renovations on his home that is illegal, but will come out in this tax case. So they have a very real problem in, in my view. Yeah, and I think there's, there's a building, uh, you mentioned this, uh, and I think there's a building belief that something legal could actually happen with Hunter Biden, no matter, you know, it might be a fine, it could be uh, a prison sentence, nobody knows at this point. But I think people are letting it stop there. I think the, 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 uh, the imagination of the media is going to say, okay, well, yeah, Hunter Biden, now we can admit he was a bad guy. Look at all the stuff he's done. He's obviously had all these problems. Sure, he was a bad guy. But it stops there. It's got nothing to do with Joe Biden. That's just a smear campaign against the president. Your book goes into this and, you know, not only had the laptop, but also access access to separate email accounts that verified a lot of this information. Can you kind of walk people through the outline of the evidence that does show that there's something going on here? Yeah, I mean, you know, it involves a number of countries, Russia, for example, you had a lot of pro-Putin oligarchs that were sending millions of dollars to Hunter Biden. You had the situation in Ukraine. To me, the most troubling aspect of the Biden story concerns specifically China, uh, because the laptop shows that the Biden family received some $31 million from deals in China, deals that they brought nothing to this table on, uh, and that those deals were arranged by four Chinese businessmen who are named. And when you look into those four businessmen, each and every one of them has ties to the highest levels of Chinese intelligence. So this was a clear uh, effort by Beijing to engage in what they call elite capture, which is basically to uh, try to gain influence or leverage over foreign political leaders. And they succeeded in doing so. And the problem is, of course, that Hunter Biden failed to pay taxes on them uh, on this money, uh, which is a huge problem and, of course, against the law. But there's also allegations the grand jury is looking into as it relates to money laundering. Uh, there are all these things in uh, uh, the corporate records of Biden companies that claim uh, by Hunter Biden and, and his business partners that they were handling hundreds of millions of dollars in investments for Yelena Baderina, this Russian oligarch. Um, that would be a definition of money laundering, somebody who's trying to hire, you know, hide their assets in the West. Um, so there are a whole host of serious problems, in addition to the fact that the grand jury is looking into what are called FARA violations, which is the Foreign Agents Registration Act. If you are doing anything before the federal government, 
involving a foreign national, a foreign government, or a foreign corporation, you're required to file with the U.S. Justice Department. Uh, people have gone to jail for failing to do so. There is huge amounts of evidence in the laptop that Hunter Biden was doing this very thing, that he was representing foreign individuals, foreign companies, and foreign governments to try to get favors done during the Obama-Biden administration, and he never registered at all with the Department of Justice. So there's plenty here for Team Biden to be concerned about. And I think this grand jury uh, seems to be very serious, very engaged, and they seem to have heard a lot of very interesting uh, evidence. When you look at the, all the evidence that you have, Peter, which is obviously extensive, do you see this playing out at, at this point? Are, are we at a level of this obviously needs to have an investigation and a serious legal look at it? Is there enough here that you are sure that there was a crime committed or something close to a crime? What, what is the level of evidence that you think we have without the legal investigation? Well, I always preface everything, Stu, by saying I'm not an attorney. Uh, but if you look at what the law says and you look what Hunter Biden did and what Joe Biden did, which was receive gifts to subsidize his lifestyle as an elected official. That's patently against the law. That's forbidden by federal law. So that's already clear cut. But beyond the legal questions, Stu, we have a national security question here. I mean, China is our chief rival on the global stage. They view themselves as being in this intense competition with us. Imagine if during the Cold War, Jimmy Carter's family or Ronald Reagan's family was doing deals with Russian businessmen that we knew were linked to the KGB. Mm. That would be setting off alarm bells on Capitol Hill. And it's my hope that if the Republicans do retake the House of Representatives and or the Senate, uh, that we will have the oversight committees that have subpoena power bring people into questioning. I mean, do we really want to normalize the behavior that says the family members of high-ranking U.S. officials at the Pentagon, the State Department, or the White House can now be doing deals with businessmen linked to foreign intelligence services? I don't think so. So let's not have a Biden exception, because if you allow a Biden exception, you are then going to get everybody doing this. Because if there's one ironclad rule of Washington, D.C., Stu, that is if you let people get away with making money in an illicit or dangerous way, way a lot more people are going to do it. Yeah, those secrets don't get hidden too long. People want to replicate them, not prosecute them. Um, can we talk a little bit about the influence operations in China and how this comes down the pike? Because Part of the strategy of the, the Chinese Communist Party is to, to do outreach and to bring people in who are maybe already personally compromised. Maybe they're morally compromised. Maybe they're kind of just dumb. I mean, I swear that's why Eric Swalwell got, got attention. There has to there is some sort of uh, approach that they have that starts at a low level intentionally and is easy to rise up family paths and paths of power. Are you, did you see that in the documents? And, and is that a good outline of how it, about how it works? Yeah, I mean, the way to think about this, Stu, think about it as a seduction. You know, you don't want to come on too strong at the beginning because things are probably <laughs> going to go south. But if you if you move slowly and progressively, 
Maybe it's money, maybe it's prestige and flattery. There are all kinds of techniques they use. But we know that explicitly China has a strategy called elite capture. They've done it in New Zealand, Australia, Singapore. They are doing it in the United States. And it's pretty brilliant. Uh, they're essentially going to decapitate America's leadership by buying off the political class. This includes Democrats and Republicans. Uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, I would say, is in a similar category uh, as Joe Biden. And they're not looking for robots. Uh, they're very sophisticated in the way that they do this. What they're looking for in uh, terms translated to English is what they call big help with a little bad mouth. Uh, and what that means is they don't mind if Joe Biden or Mitch McConnell dings them on the Uyghurs or on the human rights situation or maybe some of their uh, military buildup. That's fine. The big help they want is making sure that they have access to our technology, uh, to our markets, uh, our capital markets, and also access to our marketplace so that they can become the preeminent manufacturer on the global stage. And if a political figure will give them that with a little bit of the bad mouth, uh, they are very fine and happy. And if you look at the posture of the Biden administration, it's hard to find anything uh, they've done uh, other than offered a lot of big help with a little bad mouth. And that's what's so disconcerting about what's going on right now. Do you have, Peter, any idea if there's a political will on either side of the aisle, honestly, to change this situation, to, to, to stop this corruption uh, on both sides and make sure that it, it stops and we don't have this situation where we are, uh, we are really under the hand of, of China and really whatever they want to do? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the last chapter in Red Handed is called Fighting Back. And I really try to point out this is a bipartisan problem. And there's it's also potentially a bipartisan solution. Um, there are some Republicans uh, that have been really good on China. Of course, Donald Trump was good on China. If you look in the Senate, guys like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz uh, have been really good on China. But there have been some Democrats as well. Um, I don't give a lot of praise uh, to Senator Chuck Schumer, <laughs> but I have to say when it comes to China, he's actually been pretty good. Uh, Democratic Senator Warner from Virginia has been pretty good. So so my hope is that these individuals will be prepared to call out their own colleagues. It's, it's always easy for the Republicans to point to Biden or for Democrats to point to McConnell. But the way you're going to clean house is by people being prepared to call out their own side. That takes a lot of political courage. And uh, Stu, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's something in short supply in Washington, D.C. <laughs> these days. <laughs> very, very true. And I will say, just full disclosure, Peter, we will have to beep out your praise for Chuck Schumer. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you could swear all you want, but we cannot have Chuck Schumer praise air on this program. Uh, Peter Schweizer, he's the president of the Government Accountability Institute, author of a great book that you have to read. It's Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich, Helping China Win. Peter, thanks so much for coming on the program. I really appreciate it. It's always great to be with you, Stu. Thanks. It was 11 years, I think, today that the very first Bitcoin explainer video was posted. People had no idea what it was, of course, and they were the, the, you know, the, the smart people that actually developed it were trying to figure out how uh, to get the message out. How do people understand what is going on with Bitcoin? Uh, and if I remember right, I think they did an open contest of like who can make the best explainer video. The first one was posted uh, 11 years ago today. Here's a clip of it. 
Bitcoin is the first decentralized digital currency. Bitcoins are digital coins you can send through the internet. Compared to other alternatives, Bitcoins have a number of advantages. Bitcoins are transferred directly from person to person via the net, without going through a bank or clearinghouse. This means that the fees are much lower, you can use them in every country, your account cannot be frozen, and there are no prerequisites or arbitrary limits. It's amazing because it's you know, just a basic explainer video, but is now launched a multi-trillion dollar uh, industry. Uh, one of the things that I really like about the video is at one point they show like, this is a transaction. You know, Leslie is sending money to Tom. And they show it on the screen as an example transaction of Leslie sends 100 Bitcoin to Tom. And uh, that today would be $4.3 million. So it would be a great uh, user case, I don't think. Not too many people just dishing out $4.3 million on a day-to-day -day basis. But it's come a long way, and now it's a multi-trillion dollar industry, an amazing part of this. And very, very difficult to hack. One of the great things about Bitcoin is it's almost impossible uh, to actually screw it up especially when it gets to a certain level, and Bitcoin is, is far beyond that level. Uh, it's spread out in so many different places. How can you attack it? It's very, very difficult to do. And, you know, at this point, nearly impossible uh, without an incredible amount of resources. And it would make no sense to do it. So no one does it. Uh, but it would be almost impossible to do anyway, especially now. Uh, Russia is threatening a uh, hack. At least this is the rumor, not of Bitcoin, but of the United States. This is one thing that I think is really important when we talk about the war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, we are not prepared to be at war. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. We're pretty soft, I think, as a people at this point. At least a lot of us are. I know I'm a little soft in the midsection, maybe. Um, but a lot of people are, we're a little fat and sassy here, I think. And that does uh, become an interesting part of this because as of right now, what we have is a situation where we're all cheering on Ukraine and they were attacked. And I think they are on the right side of this. But we are and I don't like this. We are publicly telling Russia that we're sending all sorts of weapons and systems and intelligence and all sorts of things into uh, to Ukraine to help them kill Russians. Right. I mean, that's what this stuff is doing. It looks like something like 10,000 Russians are dead already. So this is us outwardly doing it. Now, I, I can understand us helping out however we can, kind of behind the scenes. We don't know what you're talking about. Oh, what? Our official position on this is we think the invasion is terrible, but we'll do whatever we can to help. But uh, we have no details on what that is at this point. I want that. I don't want them knowing it. They might know it for sure because of their intelligence, but we shouldn't be saying it. And at this point, we're giving a real justification for Vladimir Putin to be able to uh, to respond. Now, of course, that's going to be the wrong thing to do, uh, and it's going to cause all sorts of problems. But if he hacks our systems, if he turns off power in a part of the country, if he is able to uh, destroy some big financial institution or destroy our economy, hurt our economy in some big way, we are not we're not going to want to feel the pain uh, of of helping out Ukraine. You know, I don't think our, our people. Yeah, we like the social. We like the, the flags on the social media. But that's where I think the Americans attention span start, starts and stops with this. And that's not a good thing. I'm not, I'm not advocating that. But as a as a country that is no longer as, you know, has the backbone it used to. I'm a little concerned as what happens when Russia does fire back in some way. And that very well could be a uh, cyber attack. Um, 
let me, while we're here, I want to show you uh, some video. This is from Texas yesterday. We had some tornado warnings around here yesterday. You may have seen this video. Uh, it is a Chevy Silverado truck versus a tornado. And you see this truck is being whipped around. It's hard to see, it's on the left. You can kind of make it out right around here. It's on its side right there, spinning around on its side. And then the, the tornado pushes it back up. And then the Silverado is just like, all right, I guess it's time to, uh, to leave. And uh, doesn't peel out or anything, just drives cautiously away. It was in a drive-through 10 minutes after that. And I want to point out this video because that truck, Chevy Silverado, impressive, wasn't it? Wasn't it impressive? Uh, they're going to sell lots of trucks. Of course, I didn't know they could make trucks anymore. I thought they couldn't make them. We get an announcement today that the Cadillac Lyric EV is being produced ahead of schedule. And I'm fascinated by that because this past weekend, I celebrated seven months. Seven freaking months. My seven-month anniversary of ordering a car and it still hasn't even been started yet. It is still in the order status of not even being pulled from the dealership to begin to be built. And they're putting out Lyric EVs before mine can even get started. What the hell is going on? This is a crime, it's a travesty, it's a sham, it's a mockery, it's a travesham mockery and I will not stand for it. If you are trying to buy a sell or sell uh, your house right now, you know uh, there could be, there, well, there's one side of that transaction you probably like. If you're selling, I, I checked the Zillow, uh, you know, value of my house the other day, and I was like, that's not right. Come on, there's no way. The prices have gone up so much so fast, I don't really believe them, but if you're selling your home, you kind of do believe it because prices are going up, and a lot of times people are asking for, you know, X and getting X plus 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 above asking price. Realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find a real estate agent because yeah, you know, you could sell your house probably uh, with anybody, but are you gonna maximize that, the value of that house? Are you gonna get the most for your money? Do you wanna leave five, 10, $15,000 on the table for no reason because you decided you didn't wanna go to a website? That doesn't make any sense. Get the best agent in your, in your area, not the one that your friend of a friend of a friend knows. Get a real estate agent you can trust. At realestateagentsitrust.com, you can get more information on how to do it. At realestateagentsitrust.com, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. Take a second and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Oh, but I just listen. I don't want to take time clicking buttons. Come on. Just, just do it. Even if you never listen again, just click the subscribe button anyway. It makes me feel good. And that's one of the most important things that can happen in the United States of America today. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, though, I should warn you. This one comes in. Bloomberg stilts switched to half speed during the Dorito talk, and you sounded like a drunken Bill Cosby. But, hey, St. Patty's Day, drink on. Only problem is it took twice the time to get through the last eight minutes. Five freaking stars. Okay, let me give you some news you can use. A couple, I don't know, a year or two ago, I uh, happened to be listening to a Ben Shapiro podcast. And I, by mistake, clicked the button that turned it to half speed. It will make your day. I, <laughs> you have to listen to a Ben Shapiro podcast on half speed. You will thank me later. 
Okay, so here's what happened. Citizen Kane, widely uh, considered one of the great movies of all time, if not the greatest movie of all time. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 100%, meaning all reviews were positive for Citizen Kane, as you'd kind of expect, right? However, Rotten Tomatoes went back and dug up an 80-year-old review from the Chicago Tribune that they, I guess they didn't like it so much. A negative review, which lowered it from 100% to 99%, meaning Citizen Kane is now lower rated than 1995's Godzilla versus Destroya. So instead of saying, hey, that's the... Uh, when you want to, you got some good mac and cheese. That's the Citizen Kane of mac and cheese. No, it's now the Godzilla versus Destroya of mac and cheese. And this is the Godzilla versus Destroya of talk shows. We'll see you tomorrow.